Now, the making of a good compilation tape is a very subtle art. Are you ready? Yes. No, babe, are you ready? Do you know what a cassette is? Play it. Don't you want to hear what's next? I don't hear any music. I made that tape special for today. So, music? A show where we basically create a mixtape for you, like we did in the 90s. I just, I thought this tape was going to be a conversation stimulator. Cassette, cassette, cassette. Welcome to the mixtape. Every week we are serving up an hour-long mixtape. 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 90.3 KRNU, welcome to the mixtape. We've got a summer mega mix because in the summer, we like to do a mega mix. You bet. This summer, the theme is producers. And we're starting with Frederick J. Rubin. I've never heard of him. Rick Rubin. Oh, okay. It's, it's Rick I Rubin. I have heard of him. It's Rick Rubin, Dan. <laughs> the reason I wanted to start with Rick Rubin is because sometimes producers have like a, a pocket right like a very specific kind of music sure. that they produce for a very specific kind of artist and they're great at it mm-hmm. right think about people like brendan o'brien they're very much associated with a particular thing yeah but rick rubin is like i mean he's very much associated with his beard and oh, his yeah. hair yeah at this point i think like what white t-shirts yoga and beards is his uh thing he's associated with yes but no particular style of music yeah no he'll throw his beard at anything he'll throw his beard at anything he sure will he sure will he sort of has like um if crusty the clown was like in pantera vibes (laughs) so we're gonna talk about rick rubin this week and we're gonna play 11 tracks now rick rubin has been producing for like 40 something years Something like that. It's incredible. So he's he's been doing it since the eighties. So so I just tried to pick kind of a smattering of things throughout the decades. So we're gonna start in the eighties because that's when Rick Rubin got started. Mm-hmm. And he was a student at NYU. And I was really interested in hip hop. And hip hop was just becoming a thing that people sort of knew about. And got hooked up with um I think Jazzy J was the first, not to be confused with Jazzy Jeff. No, no. Different different, different jazzy, jazzy guy. <laughs> to be confused with Jesse J. No, Jesse J is different. <laughs> Jazzy Jeff is different. Mm-hmm. Jeffy J is nothing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so this is, this is Jazzy J. Then he got um, hooked up with LL Cool J, who was like, I don't know, 15 or 16 at the time. Right. So this is in the mid 80s. And then he is also really heavily associated with the Beastie Boys, early Beasties. Sure. And it all kind of came from this scene of like going to parties and clubs and kind of being in this hip hop scene. And that's also where he got hooked up with um, Russell Simmons. Because mm-hmm. Russell Simmons was involved in hip hop, but not the production side of things, more the talent management yeah. side of things. Yeah. Or was was, he was interesting there to in the take show. his ten percent? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, or Russell more. Simmons or more. Yes, <laughs> yes. But even then, Rick Rubin very interested in hip hop, doing the Beastie Boys stuff, doing LL Cool J, but then also like hanging out with Slayer. That's crazy. I don't know. I mean, and then it comes together. I think it's on uh, No Sleep Till Brooklyn. Carrie King from Slayer plays the guitar riff on No Sleep Till Brooklyn. And I think famously kind of hated it. (laughs) Didn't really like the Beasties. And I don't believe the Beasties uh, liked Slayer much. (laughs) Rick Rubin liked them both very much. Yeah. But it is from kind of running in these circles that Russell Simmons and Rick Rubin then formed Def Jam together. So Russell Simmons had been managing Run DMC for a while and had hooked up with Rick Rubin. Rick Rubin got to produce Raisin Hell and this album was so big it had Walk This Way on it, oh, yeah. which I'm not going to play. No, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. 
my personal favorite off of Raising Hell. It's tricky. That's mm-hmm. a good one. It's tricky to rock a rhyme that's right on time. Mm-hmm. That's what Rick Rubin specializes in. <laughs> so we're going to start the Rick Rubin mixtape from Run DMC's Raising Hell in 1986, released by Profile Records because Def Jam wasn't a thing yet. Ooh. This is It's Tricky on the mixtape on 90.3 KRNU. This beat is my recital. I think it's very vital to rock around. That's right. On time. It's tricky. Here we go. It's tricky to rock around, to rock around. That's right. On time. It's tricky. It's tricky. 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 It's tricky to rock around, to rock around. That's right. On time. It's tricky. 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 I met this little girly. Her hair was kind of curly. Went to her house and bust her out. I had to leave real early. These girls are really sleazy. All they just say is please me. Or spend some time and rock a rhyme. I said it's not that easy. It's tricky to rock around, to rock around. That's right. On time it's tricky. How is it, babe? It's tricky. 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 It's tricky to rock around. Rock around. That's right. On time it's tricky. 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 In New York, the people talk and try to make us rhyme. We're doing a summer mega mix about producers and starting with Rick Rubin. And I'm sitting here with my husband, Dan, who uh, uh, really enjoys the entire Rick Rubin catalog. It'd be impossible not to. Yeah. No, it's so good. What are you going to do? He's done a little bit of everything. I know you're a Beasties guy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Not so much a Slayer guy. You know, honestly, I don't know if I know any Slayer. You could uh, tell me any metal band was Slayer and I'd probably believe you. Well, we're going to put that to the test because we'll be playing some metal band Slayer. Okay, cool. Is it Slayer? It's not. (laughs) Yet. Rick Rubin. 
This is the 80s, right? Mostly doing hip hop projects and uh, notably Slayer. Somehow as friends with the dudes from Metallica. I don't know how all that, I have to believe it is Slayer related, but I, <laughs> I don't know for sure. He's friends with these guys and they are talking about Glenn Danzig's side project. He had a band at that time before Danzig, but post Misfits. Mm-hmm. It talks to Glenn Danzig like you do. We've all been there. Glenn, <laughs> here's the deal. Glennifer, Glenn, if you prefer. Can I call you Glenn? Danzig, mm-hmm. then. Named after Glennifer. And they put out a self-titled album. This would have been 1988. And Rick Rubin produced that for Def Jam, which was which was a thing now, right? Okay. Def Jam yeah. is formed. But as you know, because you're thinking 88, Danzig was in 88. That doesn't make sense. That was clearly in like 1993, I right? I recall, yeah. Yeah. But Mother was on this album. They uh-huh. re-released Mother. That was one of the scariest music videos I'd ever seen. I was, you know, what, 13, 14, and I can say I was honestly terrified. Well, you were 13, 14 because they re-released Mother in 1993. It was like a new version of Mother, mm-hmm. but it was a, it's the same, yeah. same song. Very frightening to young, sheltered Daniel. Mm-hmm. This is Mother. It's the Rick Rubin mixtape on 90.3 KRNU. Mother, tell your children not to walk my way. Tell your children not to hear my words What they mean, what they say Mother Mother Can you keep them in the dark for a while? Can you have them from a wedding world? Oh, Mother Mother Gonna take you down
Street, KRNU, Danzig, Mother. This is the Rick Rubin mixtape. So we're talking about uh, records that Rick Rubin has produced. And we started in the 80s, and we talked a bit about kind of his early work with Run DMC and the Beastie Boys and LL Cool J, Rock the Bells, all that stuff. Now we're into the 90s, 1991, mm. and a band you likely have heard of, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, huh? they're big. Yeah, California, I think. Right, California, <laughs> rotating guitar players. They, yes. They, they leave, they come back. Yeah, Red Hot Chili Peppers. I'm glad you brought up the rotating guitar players because the album Blood Sugar Sex Magic is very different sounding to Mother's Milk, which is the Red Hot Chili Peppers album that had come out prior, I think 89. Mm-hmm. And Blood Sugar Sex Magic was in 1991. And one of the reasons that they're so different sonically is John Frusciante and yeah. his guitar playing. Sure. And then also... Like, a lot more sex and drugs in yeah, their rock and roll. I mean, you know, the Red Hot Chili Peppers are always your go-to when you are just looking for some debauchery. Mm-hmm. They're and all about stupid it. song titles. Oh, stupid lyrics. I mean, potentially offensive. <laughs> I mean, my gosh. How, how the uh, woke mob hasn't caught up to Anthony Kiedis, we have no idea. So, Rick Rubin produced Blood Sugar Sex Magic, which was, of course, a huge, just enormous hit for the Chili Peppers, and the song we're gonna play is "Suck My Kiss." Lovely. It mm-hmm. Oh, isn't it? It's nice. Ooh, what's it gonna be about? Mm. You think? This is the Chili Peppers. It's the mixtape on ninety point three KRNU. Well, I'm sailing. I didn't get a message going to my 
90.3 KRNU Red Hot Chili Peppers on this mixtape for producer Rick Rubin because we're going to do uh, a different producer every week. Started with Rick Rubin because of the diversity of his production catalog. So we started with some hip hop. Yeah. And then we did Danzig from the depths of hell. Right. The Red Hot Chili Peppers for something totally different, funky and weird. Yeah. And now... We're in the mid-90s, 1994, and Rick Rubin produces for Tom Petty. Yes, of Florida fame. Yes, Florida man, Tom Petty. <laughs> like, Tom Petty has a lot of great albums, but this one might actually be my favorite. 1994, yeah. Tom Petty had this big resurgence. Yeah, it's so beautiful and earthy, and Rick Rubin just really helped him strip down and and focus on songwriting and he really moved i think from you know the music is like a very popular just yeah, fm just straightforward radio. american guitar right rock exactly music. and really moved him into an area where he could be considered in the same vein as you know some of the great american songwriters like a willie nelson or something like that yeah then really propelled that second or third act of of his career. It very much did. Wildflowers is such a lovely album, and it has a lot of great songs on it. Yeah. But I figured we'd play the title track because it's so tender and sweet, and mm-hmm. I love what Rick Rubin did with this because Tom Petty is not known for having, like, a classically great voice. Right. He has a very unique voice, but there's something about the treatment on Wildflowers. You can hear his age just a little bit and I don't mean that in a bad way I just mean that he sounds really mature and like he's not trying too hard that's what I love about it so Mm -hmm. this is Tom Petty it's Wildflowers produced by the great Rick Rubin on the mixtape on 90.3 KRNU you belong among the wildflowers you belong in a boat out at sea sail away kill the hours you belong somewhere you feel free run away find you a lover go away somewhere all bright and new I have seen no other who come
Wildflowers, Tom Petty, the title track from that album from 1994. And we are talking about Rick Rubin uh, because we're going to do all producers this summer. Wanted to start with Rick Rubin because of the diversity. And this is a real weather change. (laughs) How would you feel about a totally metal situation from 1998 from a band called System of a Down. I personally feel good about it. You feel and, great. And I'll tell you what, System of a Down is one band you can play for me, and I will know that it's not Slayer. <laughs> there you go. Okay. <laughs> this first album, the self-titled album, came out in 1998. It was uh, released on American Recordings, which is mm-hmm. Rick Rubin's label after Def Jam. It's heavy, and it's interesting, and it kind of gets lumped in with new metal stuff, but it's not... It's not. I mean... And- I think it's that's just a timing thing. But no, they they had nothing in common with any band that had a Wicca Wicca DJ in them. <laughs> and, you know, interestingly enough, Rick Rubin's influence certainly, you know, spawned that kind of format. Uh, something like Walk This Way, Run DMC, and Aerosmith and mashing those things together did inevitably spawn a limp biscuit. Mm-hmm. But System of a Down is not that thing. No. System of a Down is much, you could draw a much clearer line from Slayer to System than you can, <laughs> you know, like Aerosmith to System. I love the way Serge and Darren sing together. Their yeah. harmonies are crazy great. Mm-hmm. Um, and, th- and there's clearly so much of that Eastern European influence to the melodies and tones that they find, you know, uh, certainly not things that I would have, you know, immediately latched onto. But there's something very intriguing about them that draws you in and makes you want to know more about the band in general. The song we're going to do from System of a Down, System of a Down is Sugar. Totally. Yeah, it's great. (laughs) This is System of a Down, produced by Rick Rubin. This came out in 1998 on the Rick Right in my pocket. Yeah, right in my pocket. 
music? Dothaber! Killed everyone. I'm away forever. But I'm feeling better. What do I feel? What do I say? Ninety point three KRNU system of a down sugar. I feel I had to do it. Yeah, it was hurting did. me. I almost not. did it earlier, and I'm glad you did it instead of me because you probably would have said, "Don't do it." Don't you can't do <laughs> but it. But you get to do it. I didn't want to do it. It was like an itch I had to scratch. <laughs> I love that song. It's like that's like lifting bus music. <laughs> yeah, right? you hear it and you're like, "What can't I do?" <laughs> When you think about who Rick Rubin has produced, you do think of the Beastie Boys and LL Cool J. Rick Rubin had this incredible moment with then-living legend Johnny Cash in the early aughts. And he produced several albums with Johnny Cash. Mm-hmm. I believe this is on American 4. I believe that's correct. So yes. Johnny, they, they put out a bunch of these. But American 4 was the one where Johnny Cash covered Hurt. Yeah. We talked a bit about Second Acts and Tom Petty earlier. Mm-hmm. Johnny Cash, I mean, he never really went out of style, right? No, but his career was down, and that was some of the more interesting things that I had learned about when we went to the Cash Museum in Nashville um, was kind of before he got involved with Rick, how Johnny had kind of been resigned to the... Uh, you know, the casino circuit and things like that and was not really artistically relevant anymore. I mean, he he was still Johnny Cash and, you know, had that kind of gravitas, but there was nothing new artistically coming coming out from him before he got involved with Rick Rubin. Rick Rubin managed to tap into this incredibly tender side of Johnny Cash and push him to record some things like Hurt Mm -hmm. that are very out of genre, but the sentiment of the song translates so well to Johnny Cash's, his register, but also just his situation. Right. I mean, for my money, Trent Reznor is one of the best songwriters of our life. Of course. Like, I think Trent Reznor is is fantastic. And I would very rarely say that a Nine Inch Nails version of something is not the best version of a thing. Right. But Johnny Cash's version of Hurt and the way that Johnny sang it, the way that Trent wrote it, and the way that Rick produced it created a kind of magic that I don't think happens. Uh, It's, my opinion, the best cover of all time. I mean, it's, and it's frankly not really even close. It's not even close. No. So this is Hurt. It's Johnny Cash from American, I think it's American 4. Mm-hmm. We decided American 4. We're, go- we're going to stick with it. We're saying American 4. You can fact four. check us and tweet at us. Tweet at us about how stupid we are. Or right we are. Or right, yeah. Nobody ever sends those tweets, do they? <laughs> hey, you, you nailed, nailed it. it. Hey, hey, when you had that obscure fact about the thing, you were right. You Way were right, go. and I was proud. <laughs> anyway, let us know when we're wrong. This is Hurt, Johnny Cash on the mixtape on 90.3 KRNU. I hurt myself today To see if I still feel 
I focus on the pain The only thing that's real The needle tears the hole The old familiar sting Try to kill it all away But I remember everything What have I become My sweetest friend Everyone I know Goes away in the end And you could have it all My empire of dirt Upon my liar's chair Full of broken thoughts I cannot repair Beneath the stains of time The feelings disappear You are someone else I am still right here What have I become My sweetest friend Everyone I know Goes away in the end And you could have it all KRNU, Johnny Cash, and his incredible cover of Hurt, produced by Rick Rubin. That one came out in 2002. We're over the 20-year mark of Mm -hmm. Rick Rubin's career. And in the 2000s, he did a lot more. This next one is one of my favorites. This is very metal, but I know you'll be able to tell it's not Slayer. Okay. Slipknot. Oh, yeah, I know. I was thinking in my head when I said that, I know that Slipknot is not Slayer. (laughs) 
<laughs> I like Slipknot a lot. I think they're great. I anytime I've had a day where I just need to blow some steam off, I go to uh, Slipknot exclusively. I mm-hmm. I just I just shuffle Slipknot and let it happen. Just let me. it happen. Yep. Let it wash over you. Mm-hmm. Let that big double bass drum. Oh yeah, just like beat through your body. Yep. Well, Rick Rubin produced uh, Volume Three, the Subliminal Verses, for Slipknot. This was in two thousand four. Rick only produced this one album for Slipknot, but it did incredibly well. It went platinum in the U.S. It got a Grammy for Best Metal Performance for Before I Forget. Kind of like back to this Rick Rubin. He can't ever get that far away from his metal past. Right. I mean, that beard. He's got to get back there. He's got to get back there. Mm -hmm. And he gets back there in the way that only Slipknot can do, which is with nine dudes. Right. (laughs) Yep. I'm glad I came upon Slipknot as an adult. If it, if I had come upon Slipknot when I was 13, like when I came upon Danzig. I was going to say, if you thought Danzig was scary, <laughs> enter I, Slipknot. Fortunately, I'd been to some haunted houses by the time I <laughs> came upon Slipknot. Knew it's just pretend. They're just wearing it's just masks. Pretend. <laughs> it's just pretend. It's not real. <laughs> no, you know... So one thing, obviously Slipknot, Slipknot is incredibly talented. All of, yes, all of the band members are incredibly talented. They have had a lot of tragedy in that band as yes. well. One thing that I think Slipknot has in common with somebody like a System of a Down is you have this incredibly melodic singer mm-hmm. in Corey Taylor, and he has this ability to sing and yell and like be powerful and emotional in a way that's not always anger he can do yeah. anger oh, yeah. but if you listen there's like a dripping sarcasm to it like there's a bite oh yeah sure that Corey mm-hmm. has in both his lyrics and then the way he delivers and i think he's just a beautiful singer too yeah no they're great so this is duality it's slipknot produced by rick rubin on the rick rubin mixtape on 90.3 krnu I've waited as my time's elapsed, now all I 
90.3 KRNU duality from Slipknot because we're talking about Rick Rubin and all of the projects that Rick Rubin produced. And we've referenced it several times that Rick Rubin is just like this interesting dude. He's produced all kinds of different music, but you also have referenced the white t-shirt and yoga yeah, like Zen I, I, that, Rick that's, Rubin. That's a lot of the vibe these days. You yeah. know, he used to be in the uh, trackwear back in the Run DMC days, but he's he's and you know, I guess he likes an elastic waistband. Sure. I mean, who doesn't? <laughs> We're talking about comfort. But one of the reasons you know this Zen Rick Rubin is from a documentary, mm-hmm. Apatow production. Uh, May It Last, A Portrait of the Avett Brothers. I love the Avett Brothers. You love the Avett Brothers. Rick Rubin loves the Avett Brothers. Totally. Judd Apatow loves the Avett yes. Brothers. So this is where a lot of our tastes kind I of like know. come home to roost. It comes together. Yeah. It's a really fine blending. The Avett Brothers are, are the stars of the show and kind of tells the story of their beginnings as a group and the music that inspired them and kind of how they hit the road and got going. But then it also focuses on the writing and recording of their album, True Sadness, um, which was produced by Rick Rubin. So there's a, a good portion of the movie that's shot at the studio uh, in California, which pretty sure that that's the studio that somebody from the band built it. I'm sure of it. Oh, really? And I can't remember if it was Robbie Robertson or Levon Helm, or it could have been Dylan. I'm really wrapped around the axle on this. Somebody one. from the band built the studio. Yes. Or not. Or not. It could have been anybody. <laughs> The studio was built. There's a house. <laughs> Here's the deal. Sure. And, and Rick is hanging around as kind of a uh, harnessing the creative energy, encouraging. Generally, his whole vibe is, you guys are amazing. This is amazing. Just keep being amazing. And this will be amazing. Great. <laughs> oh, it changed it up on me there. Uh, Rick Rubin has produced a ton of albums for the Avett Brothers. True Sadness is not the only one. Mm-hmm. I know he produced I and Love and You. I, the early stuff, probably not, because they didn't have, like, Rick Rubin coin. Right, But right. I know that he has worked with the Avett Brothers on quite a few albums, so I know that he's a fan, and they yeah. work well together. True Sadness is my favorite Avett Brothers album. Oh, it's fantastic. This yeah. is True Sadness. It's the Avett Brothers on the Rick Rubin mixtape on 90.3 KRNU. Known. 
to lean on a bottle But you're the real deal in a world of imposters And I've seen the program make men out of monsters from the album of the same name. Rick Rubin, of course, produced that for the Avett Brothers, and this is the Rick Rubin mixtape. So we're talking about the career of Rick Rubin. We've gone through the 80s, 90s, and aughts, and now we are to 2011 with a little-known British lass. It's Adele. Everybody's heard of Adele. Yeah. This was her album 21, Mm -hmm. and this thing was just like a hit factory. And there were a bunch of other producers on this one as well, like um, Ryan Tedder was on. You remember? Of course. There was like a couple years where Ryan Tedder was on everything. Couldn't get away. Uh, Dan Wilson. The best. We are going to play Rumor Has It. It's the best song. I agree. Thank you. I didn't know if you'd want Rolling in the Deep. No. No. (laughs) No. (laughs) <laughs> Here's Adele, it's Rumor Has It on the Rick Rubin mixtape on 90.3 KRNU. Ooh, 
she ain't got your love anymore. Adele from her album 21 uh, produced in 2011 by Rick Rubin and a bunch of other folks and what I think is cool about that is that Adele yes she was Adele at that point and she could work with a million different producers but what I love about Rick Rubin is he's always about those collaborations yeah Mm -hmm. so he didn't get more isolationist or more like I'm Rick Rubin. You don't right. need anybody else. He got less that way. Right. A very cool thing. A very zen thing. So he didn't go like full Bruce Dickinson and be like. <laughs> Babies. <laughs> no. <laughs> you would think all of these folks would be competing with each other for jobs, right? Mm-hmm. And I think in a way they are. But when you get to the level of somebody like a Rick Rubin, it's like, I just want to work with cool people. Yeah. I want to do cool stuff. I already cool own people. this house and studio that may or may not have been built by someone in the band (laughs) it was leased by the band in the 70s and converted to a recording studio 
to the precise specifications of Bob Dylan and the band. Okay. And now we know. Yes. This is good. This is good information. I didn't know this, but he, according to the Wikipedia page, he attempted to record a cover album with Crosby, Stills, and Nash in 2012, but the brief sessions were unsuccessful. Graham Nash said the sessions were irritable and not a great experience. That's pretty much any time Crosby, Stills, and Nash get together. It's amazing that there's any recorded evidence of them being successful musicians together <laughs> because more often than not, they're just cantankerous jerks. <laughs> They're just, they are, they're all so in their own stuff and they're just mean to each other and vindictive and jealous and petty and like, you're all fantastic. <laughs> just stop it. Just stop being jerks. Like no wonder Neil Young doesn't want to hang out exactly. with anybody. <laughs> and you know, he's exactly like the rest of them too. I mean, my gosh. If Rick Rubin can't bring you together, then I don't know who can. Was he not wearing the the shirts? Yeah, wait, what right. was going on? Did he try a different color of pants? Because it's white on white. I know. It's strictly white on white, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I was unaware of that. Um, I thought that that was an interesting, might have been, but wasn't. Well, I'm, I'm sad about it now. I am too. So Rick Rubin, because he's amazing and he's Rick Rubin, has executive produced a lot of stuff. And we were talking earlier today that he executive produced a couple of records from Imagine Dragons the last couple of years, like the ones with Bones and uh, the new Imagine Dragons material. So 2020s have not been going on for long. Right. right, we're only in 2022, and it this whole feels time feels like is, a lifetime. It does feel like a lifetime, <laughs> and COVID has impacted a lot of record right. releases because, of course, bands can't tour. Right, but Rick Rubin did make kind of a big record with a cool band, getting back to those rock roots, which is The Strokes. Oh yeah. I love The Strokes. I know you do. So The Strokes came out with an album, The New Abnormal. It's their sixth album, came out in 2020. Mm -hmm. So it was like a month after COVID started. Yeah, all you had to do was watch Tiger King and listen to The Strokes. But I thought this album was a really solid crack by those guys to, you know, put out a good rock record. Julian Casablancas impossibly cool i think they did an snl appearance yeah they did for for this record and they just looked awesome i was like look at these awesome guys yeah they're so awesome i mean stop why it. why do we even try right you like you didn't go to costco and get a polo at all no julian casablanca no, you like thrifted they, that they did not shift through the ten dollar shorts <laughs> nope they julian casablanca doesn't even own a pair of shorts I guarantee He's never it. been to a Costco. No. No. What track do you want to play from the new Stroke album? Uh, let's do Bad Decisions. That one sticks with me. I like it. Okay. Bad Decisions on the Rick Rubin mixtape on 90.3 KRNU. Drop down the lights, I'm sitting with you.
90.3 KRNU, that was The Strokes, uh, came out just a couple years ago from their new album, The New Abnormal, and that one was called Bad Decisions. This is the Rick Rubin mixtape, so we've just been playing a bunch of tracks that Rick Rubin produced, a bunch of albums that he produced. I think the big takeaway from Rick Rubin's style is that he doesn't have a musical genre. He was transcending genres before transcending genres was cool, but he's kind of known for these two big things. The first we talked about a lot when we were talking about wildflowers, which is this ability to really like strip down a lot of these big production elements. And Rick Rubin is not about that life at all. He's more about this authentic emotional thing that happens with artists and, and really letting the sound be the sound without adding and without decorating it. Yeah. And then the second thing is that everybody who works with him, maybe w- with the exception of Crosby, Stills, and Nash, because they don't like anybody, but <laughs> everybody else loves Rick Rubin. Yeah. They like working with him. Mm-hmm. He's got a cool beard. It works for him. I think most of us would get thrown out of a McDonald's with that beard. But, <laughs> but he's just like a chill dude. And I think yeah. what I love about Rick Rubin and the reason I wanted to start with him is... I think there's just a lesson in that, that like all music is amazing and cool and beautiful for yeah. what it is and trying to get the the most pure form, the most condensed form of that out of it without adding a bunch of other Def Leppard style bullcrap. I don't know if he ever produced I was going to say, we, we've got a Mutt Lang episode coming, I, I assume. And listen, that's fun. Age of excess, right? <laughs> but if you're Rick Rubin and you're producing in the 80s, but you're producing hip hop, which is right. all about like authenticity and street performances and you're not about big studio budgets no No, i mean hip-hop was in many respects more similar to punk rock we don't care what you like this is what we like this is what we like and this is what we sound like and rick rubin has been diy from the beginning Mm -hmm. uh, doing all of this stuff in his dorm room yep so that was 40 plus years of Frederick J. Rubin. Yes. And our next episode, maybe we'll do Mutt Lang. <laughs> I don't know. We'll have another producer next week. How about that? I love it. This is Radio Cash on Pirate.